0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back on the radio with all of our listeners again today. We're thankful to have this opportunity to be with you, to open up God's Word and study a little bit more, dig a little bit deeper, and learn a little bit further from God's Word. You know, it's a blessing to be able to teach God's Word and study God's Word on such an open basis such as this on Search the Scriptures. It's not something that every Place in the world that everybody in those places necessarily enjoys, because there are places where this could not be taught so openly. Uh, it would be shut down. We, we need to be thankful that we are living in the nation that we are with the freedoms that we have, and one of those freedom, freedoms is to teach God's Word openly and also to follow God and worship Him openly. Let's pray that we never lose that freedom. That's something that we ought to cherish and that we ought to never just take for granted, but appreciate really what we have. We want to encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We keep emphasizing we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. And when you sign up for our podcasting, you will receive searched scriptures five days a week, Monday through Friday, automatically to your smart device, whether that's your smartphone or computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be. It'll come automatically. And then you can listen as you have the opportunity, because we know that a lot of people don't really... Are, are, are not really able to fit into their schedule to be able to listen to the program at the times that it is broadcast, even though it's broadcast five times a day. But if you have it in podcast on your smart device, your smartphone or whichever one you choose, you can download it and listen to it whenever you have the time to do so. So we want to encourage you to take advantage of that. And when you do sign up for our podcasting, you'll also receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I think is really a gem, a short Bible study, seven days a week called Today's Bible Class. Only about 13 minutes or so long each day, but it keeps us in God's Word. Encourage other people to go to our website and sign up for our podcasting as well. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we want to encourage you to come and visit with us, study God's Word with us, worship God with us, and grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We're so thankful that so many of our radio listeners have done that over the years. Many have stayed with us. We encourage you to come and check us out. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street, and Bible classes begin at 9.30 on Sunday morning, followed by worship at 10.30. We come back together on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock, and we have another period of worshiping God and studying His Word. And then on Wednesday evenings, a good time to stop our busy schedules get our spiritual batteries restored or recharged, rather. Uh, Each Wednesday evening at 6.30, we come together for midweek Bible classes. You are welcome to any and all of our services, and we hope to see you soon. We're going to begin a new study. Now, I want to ask you a question. If I were to say, or, or if I were to ask you, can you list for me what you think might be dangerous nations in this world right now, at this moment? Would you be able to list some of those nations that you would probably in some cases pretty quickly, you know, lay down and say or, or, or write down or speak and tell me, you know, verbally, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, this one, this one, this one? Some of those might be Russia, China. Uh, some might say North Korea. Iran, Iraq, Syria, and maybe several others, depending on who we're talking to. Maybe several others, depending upon upon what your perspective is and where you come from. Could you list seven, uh, could you list dangerous nations for me? Well, what about if I said, if I broaden the perspective some, and I said, could, could you write down for me, or just tell me verbally, Nations in which it is dangerous to live in your mind. Now, these may not be dangerous nations like Russia, China, and so on, where they are threats to their neighbors or maybe even to other nations around the world. But what about nations where it is dangerous to live right now or can be dangerous? Well, you'd probably still name the same ones that you named before as being dangerous nations, threat to their neighboring nations and maybe other nations around the world besides those right around them geographically. You probably named those again, Russia, China, uh, Syria, Iraq, Iran, and you'd probably say Ukraine right now too because, you know, because of threats from Russia to the north. They they, uh, would be perhaps a dangerous nation to live in. But you could broaden your your answers, couldn't you? And so you might say, a bunch of nations in the Middle East, if we're practicing Christians, openly practicing Christians and Christianity, we might find it dangerous to live in a whole bunch of those nations in the Middle East because some of those might persecute us or hold us accountable. Even in parts of India, we might find that challenging and dangerous in some parts of India. Some nations in Africa, we might find the same problem. Maybe some sections of Mexico and Venezuela. But then a lot of people, if they stop and thought about it, they could probably say, you know, I think there are some big cities in the United States of America where it can be dangerous to live because of the violence and because of of uh, the crime that is so prevalent and so commonly practiced on the streets of those big cities right now, at least in sections of those cities. And you know, I'd have to nod my head yes in agreement. I agree with you. Well, I want to talk about seven dangerous nations, but I don't want to talk about geographic nations and identities like Russia and China and so on. I want to use a play on words, and I want to talk about seven nations that are more personally dangerous to each one of us. Nations that are threatening to us as to our spiritual security. And in some cases, we could say even our physical well-being. But certainly, I want to look at it from a spiritual perspective. Seven dangerous nations. Now, you may be scratching your head right now and saying, uh, why don't you tell me where you're coming from? (laughs) And I will. As I said, I'm not talking about geographic nations. I'm talking about seven nations, and I'm using a play on words to get across the idea of the nations. The first one I want to talk about is abominations. Abominations. We pretty much know what the word abomination means, don't we? You know, is that something really, really bad? It's not just bad, it's really, really bad. In fact, we might say super bad, something that could be identified as being wicked or sinful or evil or just bad, well, abominations would go beyond that. We'd say that is something in a class by itself, and so abominations. Well, we probably don't use the word, though. Even though we know we have a pretty good sense of what it means, we don't use the word very often. But the word is found in the scriptures, and we need to understand what God's word says are abominations to him. Now, let's go all the way back into the Old Testament time when God was bringing the nation of Israel into the promised land the land that he had promised to them through their forefathers going all the way back to Abraham. Moses had led the people through the wilderness for a period of about 40 years. He first led them out of Egypt because they were in bondage in Egypt, and God used Moses to deliver the Israelites out of that bondage. We remember the story where the Egyptian army. Pharaoh sent the Egyptian army and the chariots to to catch, uh, you know, to to catch up to and and probably kill and whoever survived, bring back into Egypt. Once he had agreed to let them go in the first place, and so the Israelites found themselves at the banks of the Red of the Red Sea, and they looked back, and here was the pursuing Egyptian army and those chariots coming after them, and and God stopped the chariots. He stopped them with a pillar of fire, and He opened up the waters of the Red Seas so that the Israelites could cross on dry ground to the other side. And then when they were almost across, he put down, he brought down the pillar of fire, let the Egyptian chariots pursue them into the Red Sea, into that dry ground. And then when the last of the Israelites, had gotten safely across to the other side. Then he closed up the waters and the pursuing Egyptian army and destroyed them. Well, then they went to Mount Sinai. God gave them first the Ten Commandments. Then he gave them the law of Moses, as we call it, that the Israelites were to live by. It's a spiritual law for Old Testament times and for the Israelites. And then he first led them to the southern border of the promised land. And from there, the people of Israel exhibited very weak faith. They did not trust God that he would give them the victory over the nations that lived within that promised land already. Moses had sent 12 spies into that land to spy out the land, see what it was like, observe the cities, see what kind of people lived there, and so on. And at first, the 12 spies came back, and they all said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Look, we brought back some samples of the produce. Look how good they are. But then when it came down to the rubber meets the road kind of time, okay, are we going to go in and conquer that land? Are we going to fight those battles? God has already promised to give us that land. Ten of the spies, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 that's a hard land. Now, they had just said it was a land flowing with milk and honey. But now they changed their tune. They said, that's a hard land. We, we can't beat those people. Their cities are large, and they're fortified, and, and we saw giants in that land, and there was a race of giants living within the land of Canaan at that time, which was the land that God promised to the, to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Israelites, but God had already said, I'll give you that land. Now, he had led them already through the wilderness for a period of time, fed them miraculously, gave them water miraculously, and now it was up to them to trust God, to have enough faith to believe that God would give them the victory over those people and give them that land. Well, Joshua and Caleb said, yeah, let's go. We can do it. God will give us the victory. The other 10 spies said, no, 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 we can't take it. We're like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. Well, they were already self-defeated. And so because of their weak faith, God turned them back away from the border of the promised land and caused them to wander, I call it piddle, in the wilderness for a period of about 40 years until all of the adult generations died off. And the children grew up to become stronger in faith. And now in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses has led that generation around to the eastern border of the promised land, just across the River Jordan. Now they're about to get ready to cross that river and begin to fight the battles to conquer that land, to either destroy or drive out the inhabitants who were all idol worshippers. And so Moses is going back over their history, so to speak, and he's warning them also, when you go into that land, God wants you to either destroy those people or drive them out completely. Do not have any interactions with them. Do not do business with them. Don't give your sons and daughters to them in marriage. Because when you start interacting with them and start building up relationships with them, they're going to become a snare to you. They're going to become thorns in your side. They're going to lead you potentially into the worship of idols and away, therefore, from faithful dedication to God. Well, Moses is giving them that warning here in Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning with verse 9. He says, when you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations. There's that word we're talking about. And this is the first of the seven dangerous nations that we need to be on guard against and never be a part of. Abominations before God the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. Now, what does that mean? You see, some of the peoples in that land actually offered their children in sacrifice, burned their children in worship to their idols What a barbaric, what a revolting kind of act that is. But that's the wickedness that they had taken part in. And Moses said, you better not do any of that. Let none of that kind of mindset or practice be found among you or one who practices witchcraft, or a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. Now, we, in our culture today, we might kind of give a wink and a nod at some of those things. Some people might think it's kind of you know, neat to sit down before a fortune teller and let her read your palm or look into a supposed crystal ball or read tea leaves or, or you know, maybe open or, or maybe lay down some tarot cards and say, well, this is going to happen. I see this in your future and all of that. God told Moses, these things are all wicked, evil, sinful You tell the people to not take part in any of those kinds of practices, or one who conjures spells. No, don't take part in any of those kinds of things. In verse 12, he goes on and says, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. You see, we need to be careful what we take part in, what we practice even in a casual way. We need to pay attention because some things could prove to be a snare to us and actually influence away from faithfulness and dedication to God. And because of these abominations, now it's the third time the word is used in just four verses here. The Lord your God drives them out from before you. Moses says, and God is saying through Moses, These kinds of abominations before the Lord are a big reason why he's giving you their land and driving them out from before you, giving you victory over them. In verse 13, he goes on and says, you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations, which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you you're to be a different people you're to be a great example a shining light of people who follow god they ought to see god in you in the way that you live your lives well we might say okay i've never really taken practice in any of those kinds of things i don't i don't Know a soothsayer? Don't know where one is. I don't know who. I don't know a medium. I, you know, I've never, you know, seen anybody truly call up the dead, and I've never gone to a fortune teller or of any kind whatsoever, and and I don't have any intention of doing so. Well, there are people who practice those kinds of things. I remember when I was preaching in Southeast Louisiana for a great many years. I actually had a few people come to me who were very concerned that voodoo was being practiced on them. So I tried to reassure them that if you're walking with God, God is more powerful than the devil. Well, let's look at some more common practices, though, that a whole lot of people take part in and maybe some of you are guilty of some of these practices. These are also called abominations before God. And again, much more practice than fortune-telling and soothsaying and mediums and calling up the dead and so on. In Proverbs chapter 6, beginning with verse 16, the wise man Solomon wrote this, These six things the Lord hates. Now, anything that we're told in Scripture the Lord hates, we need to stay away from. Oh, but now, that's not the end of the statement. For further emphasis, the next statement says, yes, seven are an abomination to him. So Solomon, by inspiration, as he writes this particular text, he starts by saying, I'm going to write down six things the Lord hates. Nope, nope, let me tell you. Actually, seven. Seven are an abomination to God. And then he begins, and we might, what our eyes might open up, our ears might perk up, our, you know, we might, our head might go back a little bit and say, what? These are abominations? Well, some of them I can understand, but really, all of these? You see, the very first one that Solomon lays out is a proud look. A proud look. Haughtiness. You see, there's such a thing as godly pride, but there's also ungodly pride. Haughtiness, arrogance. A proud look. A lying tongue. Have you ever found yourself saying a lie? Hands that shed innocent blood. Now, we can understand that one. A heart that devises wicked plans. Hmm. We might consider that a little bit on the borderline. Feet that are swift in running to evil. Well, um, again, we find ourselves a little torn, maybe, to some extent. A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among brethren. Gossip? Telling tales? Being a tale-bearer? seven things that we see practiced all around us that have nothing to do with the worship of idols. And yet Solomon, guided by the Holy Spirit to write this particular text, said these seven practices are an abomination to God. So the first... Of the seven dangerous nations that we need to be careful to never be a part of, to never get caught up in, to be sure that we stay out of, is abominations. Abominations. We'll look at the next one next time. Let's pray. Father, help us to be aware of abominable behavior. Well, and that means basically sinful, wicked behavior. We could understand basically that sin is an abomination before you, Father. Help us to stay faithful and dedicated to you in the way that we live our lives and to to the best of our ability. And where we're weak, we pray for your strength to stay out of anything that is contrary to your will, to righteous living. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.